Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 444. Yeah, that's right. 444 episodes of the Ron and Don Show. We must be live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson, or as my son used to like to call him back in the day, Russell Wilson. Uh, wow. Did you see the deal that he just signed a couple days ago, which is actually this morning because we're, well, we're recording this on the day that he signed this deal in Denver, and now it kind of all makes sense, Seattle Seahawks fans. Drew Locke, whew, wow. <laughs> Three interceptions. <laughs> He's trying to get the job, and then Pete Carroll comes out and says, yeah, Geno Smith, he was starting the whole time. <laughs> also, coming up, some people are saying that the housing market is now in a recession, and if we are, is that a good thing? And how should we navigate this so-called housing recession? And is it the same housing recession that we saw about 12 years ago? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Ron uses something really cool called Starlink. And Starlink just had a global outrage. Outage? Yeah, they just had a global outage, and that's an outrage. Ron, what's going on here? Why do you have Starlink so much? Well, um, I have this little place up on uh, the Skycomish River that I've been developing, and it's sort of a weekend type of place. And as luck would have it, there was um, this big landslide up there in this area, but I think it like in 1997, 98. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know and this. And so there used to be, uh, the way you'd get into this community was like, it's, it's like you're going to Stevens Pass, right past index you would turn into this road and it sort of winds around really beautiful river the whole nine and so there was this big community that i'm a part of now and this landslide happened and like took out this huge chunk uh around this bend where there's this cove and the river comes down and so basically sliced this community in half Mm. uh it was it's similar to oso except it was very less populated nobody died that time but probably a dozen two dozen houses basically went down into the water so the the power line and the internet line and all this all the utilities came in off of that road and they trickled down to the part where i'm at and so i i started and i didn't even really know about the landslide i after i so i started investigating is like you know it'd be great if i if i could get internet at this place then when we're doing contracts or we're doing a zoom call or whatever i could be up there and just you know get some work done and really enjoy hiking and enjoy being on the river etc so i call the internet company and we go back and forth a bunch of times it turns out this was back in the dsl days my next door neighbor dr jim i called him dr j is the very last node on this this internet line like literally the technician standing there is like, dude, we can't we can't put one more house in. Oh so no. I'm like, and, what? And, and the one more house would be you. One more house would be me. I was like, what do you mean you can't wow. put one more house in? He's like, 
It's full. I was like, the internet is full. <laughs> My next door neighbor's house, and he's like, he's like, the internet's not full. Just this technology is old, and like that's where the last one ends. Oh, that's so, so like, run up. Sure. I was like, oh geez, and I was, so he's like, hey, if you get, uh, if you get, you know, a certain number of people in your neighborhood that would sign up for new fiber optic we'll run the line i'm like sweet so i send i got in touch with the hoa we i get enough people sign up and then they're like on second thought it's a really long because they have to come in the new way now they yeah. can't come in on the landslide way so they're like never mind we can't do it so i was searching around it, it really bummed me out because i wanted it would cause me anxiety if i was up there and in fact we i got a we had a, a deal happen one time where i had to drive down the mountain to the hamburger stand on my phone yeah. and write a contract. We ended up getting it, but it was it, it's just not optimal. And you're, and you're going up there to deal with anxiety, not to create more anxiety exactly. for, you, for yourself. Yeah. So um, I sign up for, I, I read this news article that Elon Musk, is, as part of SpaceX, his company, has launched this sort of web of tiny satellites that are being able to give internet to people anywhere in the world. And this story got a lot of traction with the Ukraine-Russia invasion, where they deployed these Starlink systems to the Ukrainians so they could upload or get uplinks to, to uh, internet anywhere that they, after something had been bombed out. Um, and so I'd signed up for it. It was like a year waiting list to get it. Their, their office is here on the east side, Starlink is. Uh, and so I was like, well, surely they're going to be available in, in Washington. Wasn't available, wasn't available. You put in, in Elon Musk fashion, you put a deposit down. So he takes all these people's deposits, invests it back in the company. Same thing he does with Tesla. Same thing he did with that flamethrower thing. Yeah. Uh, he gets tens of millions of dollars in deposits. And then he just has the money for a year. If you, if you want your money back, they refund it, but now you're off the waiting list. Yeah. And so a few months back, they sent me an email. It's like, Hey, we, we don't have your system ready, but we got this new system called Starlink RV, which is built for RVs. And if you want one of those, we got one right now. Huh. So I was like, bam. So I bought it, cancel my other one, get it, have it set up. Uh, and so it's, I, so far, it's been great for me. I haven't had really any outages. It's a little bit, it wasn't difficult, but it was interesting to set up. You have to have clear skies. If you're in the middle of the woods, it's not going to work. I was able to find a spot for it to work. It's it's kind of expensive for internet. I think it's $135 a month. Plus, you have to buy the satellite thing. So it's it's not, you know, like I think my Comcast is like 75 bucks a month or 80 bucks a month, something like that. Maybe... Anyways, it's more expensive than my regular internet. It might be more than that now that I think about it. But uh, Ron's sitting here going, the more like, he talks to himself, maybe I should cancel this and drive down to the hamburger stand. <laughs> hey, guys. Ron and Don here. We're live from the Lush Rob Studios. And you know what? We have had, as Ron has said, because of climate change, we've actually had had a pretty great summer in the Pacific Northwest. And oh my gosh, I don't know if we want any more people moving here. We moved here as Market 14. We're now the 12th largest city in America. That's crazy, you guys. And you know what the good thing is for the 12th largest city in America? We have 85 Les Schwab locations to serve you. And don't forget, the pavement's been dry, but now in the last week, we've experienced the storms. The rain is back. 
the wind is back, trees are falling, and you better be prepared to hit those brakes. And when you hit those brakes, you want to make sure you're going to stop. And a lot of people think Les Schwab, Ron, it's just tires and wheels, but it's brakes and so much more. Yeah, steering, suspension, batteries, all that stuff going fall into winter. You should go get a free pre-trip safety check, even if your trip is just to the grocery store or up to the ski mountain. Plus, maintaining all those parts helps your tires last longer, helps your vehicle run better, even improves your miles per gallon. Les Schwab is here for you. Stop by and ask for that free pre-trip safety check. Tell them Ron and Don sent you. You can schedule yours online at leschwab.com. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. When Seattle nonprofit Plymouth Healing Communities decided to sell one of their group homes for the mentally ill and homeless, board member Catherine Walker turned to Ron and Don. It was a complicated and delicate deal. They didn't want people traipsing in and out and disturbing the residents. So instead of hanging a for sale sign, the guys turned to their deep network and found a buyer themselves. It very quickly got to terms and we signed and that was that. And then they followed through on everything to make this happen. And Catherine says she was even more blown away by what Ron and Don did next. They offered to donate their commission. It was incredible. Their generosity had a meaningful impact on the lives of 47 residents in our organization. Heart, soul, expertise, Catherine says all of that and more is what sets Ron and Don apart from other realtors. They did a great job and genuinely interested in helping us achieve our goals. They seemed truly service-minded as opposed to kind of transaction-minded. So whether you're selling or buying, take Catherine Walker's work and schedule your Ron and Don sit-down today. Check out the nation news at ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. As you just heard, those were some of our clients. And if you need to get in touch with us, uh, here's how you do it. Yeah, just uh, email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. You can email Don, don at ronanddon.com, or go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. We've been sending out some of our playbooks that have been, uh, and people are responding saying, hey, those are, that's pretty helpful. The sort of if you've been out of the game for a long time, I uh, have no real frame of reference on how to sell or buy a house. Uh, we have these playbooks that take you maybe an hour to read, 45 minutes to read, and it really just sort of sets the groundwork to go, okay, uh, I know what needs to be done and I know where I'm at in this process. Yeah. All right, you guys, uh, if you read Business Insider, there's, a, there's an article in there today that says that the housing market, it's not saying the, the, the rest of the economy, but the housing market is in a recession. This is what I want you to think about. Typically, when there's a recession, is people will start hanging on to cash. They're looking at Wall Street and going, yeah, I'm going to pull some stuff. I'm going to pull the, as Tony Miner used to say, who was the anchor at Cairo for us, uh, and he was an avid investor. He said, you know, it's a good time to pull some of the cream off the top and pull back a little bit, sit on some cash. And the reason why people want to sit on cash or in real estate, we could call that reserves, is you just don't know how long a recession is going to last, what it's going to look like, what jobs are going to look like, is cash going to be available? And then on top of that, do you have an historic event in the middle of a recession, like a Hurricane Katrina, for instance? Let's not forget, we had Hurricane Katrina. Can you imagine living in the Gulf South? You have Hurricane Katrina right at the end of 2005. 
Then they have another hurricane, a falling hurricane season that's brutal. So you're 2006, 2007, and then right into 2007, 2008, housing recession, and then the rest of the world just kind of followed. So when people have gone through that, they say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull some cash back from Wall Street. Maybe I'm not going to be an investor in real estate right now. I'm going to try to time the market. And when it looks like I see the end of the recession, then I'll take this cash that I've been holding and I'll push it back into the market, either on Wall Street or buying up Main Street. So what some people do, though, is they have a little gamble to them and they say, hey, if everybody's pulling their cash out now, I'm going to take some of my cash and I'm going to double down on Wall Street, double down on crypto, or maybe I'll even double down on going out and buying up Main Street. Ron, how do you see all this right now? Because you have a pretty good sense of what's happening in real estate as a realtor and also uh, an avid investor yourself. So two double-barrel questions there. The housing market, is it in a recession? And what do you see people doing with all this cash? Uh, I think... When you read those reports, they're usually nationwide or regionally, and a lot of those stats don't necessarily apply to the Pacific Northwest. So I, I don't think the, that Seattle and the Puget Sound area is the same as, as Iowa. I, it's just not the same market. And so you could be in a, a full-blown housing recession in the middle of America, and on the coast, it may not be in a recession. So I think when you aggregate all that info, uh, what you said can be true. I don't think it's necessarily true for the Pacific Northwest. The thing I always like to point out to people is if you're if you dabble in these things and you read the reports that you just cited, or you kind of think about the economy in those large strokes, that information, in my opinion, does not apply to people like me and you and the listeners of this show. We don't have the bandwidth and the resources to to move a market. If if I, if I'm Elon Musk or I'm Buffett or I'm Bill Gates or I'm a hedge fund. I can go in and manipulate a market because I have the resources to do so. If you're playing around, and I've, I've listened to guys like David Einhorn uh, talk about this, where he was, for instance, he was uh, short on Tesla. Well, he has enough money in his hedge fund where he can go out and cause things to happen. Like if I go out and I buy 20 shares of Tesla or something, nothing's going to happen. If David Einhorn goes out and he can move giant blocks of money through the market and cause ripple effects into his his benefit, then you can manipulate the market. So what I always encourage people to do is, what is your goal? Uh, and we ju- I just put this out in the newsletter this week. It, you cannot time the market because you don't have the resources to time the market. If I, if Don and I own this a hedge fund that was investing in real estate and we're spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, these questions become really, really important because they're because it's other people's money. It's, it's other people's money, money yeah, it's, um, and we're just looking for mar- We're just looking for a return. Yeah. And so, if we have investors and they say we want eight uh, percent returns and we're only getting six percent returns, we're in trouble. Even though we're succeeding yeah. and getting six percent returns, maybe everyone else is getting three. So we're doing better than the market, but less than what our investors wanted. We're in trouble. Yeah. But if you're a mom and pop, or if you're a single person, 
and you're just, and you have a limited amount of capital and you're saying, what do I want to, what are my goals? And so I'll give a, a great example. And I've said this before in the podcast, Don and I are both real estate investors. Um, but we're in some ways we have different styles, even though I'm, I'm trying to tilt my style more towards Don's, but for the sake of this example, I have a real, a, pro, a rental property in Burien. It has a long-term tenant in there. I maybe interact with that guy once every quarter uh, that my tenant that's in there. He pays his rent on time. I do the maintenance of the house. I hire a landscaper to go by every once in a while. That's it. That's my involvement in that property in the house. Just he's paying the mortgage down. The value of the house is going up. I'm happy with that investment. Don could take that same capital that I spent to buy that house, buy an Airbnb style property where the involvement in that property is exponentially more and the upside is exponentially more and the risk is exponential, not the risk. There's, there's going to be more volatility in that purchase. And so is one better than the other? It depends. It depends. If it's if your only scorecard is how much money you get back cash flow, then yeah, Don's method is better. If your yardstick is I don't want to I don't want to be involved at all. Like I don't care if I make less money as long as I don't get it I don't have to spend a lot of time on it, then mine would be better. Yeah, that's it's a great example. My neighbor next door, Adam, uh works for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He had, he had flown to South Africa where his wife lived and they had a child while they were there and the child cannot get on an airplane. So he got stuck in her hometown. They, they've lived there now for a number of years and he called me and he said, Hey, uh, I think it's time to sell the house. And, and, and here's the real estate agent slash investor in me. And, and sometimes maybe I'm a better investor than I am real estate agent. Uh, but I said, Hey, I, I don't think you should sell now. I, 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 I think, because we looked at the numbers, that we could get somebody managing this property for about 8%. I think it'll cover your mortgage, and I think it'll cash flow a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Because he was interested in, in me running it as an Airbnb, and I said, man, I got my hands full. I don't, I don't, I don't want to run your house as an Airbnb. I just, next door, I just, I, just I, I don't have the bandwidth for that, right? So, so anyway, he ended up hanging on to the house, the house has gone up in the last three years over $600,000 in value. And it sits on a great 6,000 square foot lot. Uh, it's a great old home built in 1908. And this has turned out to be a great investment for him because he had the wherewithal to hang on to the property. Because let's say that he hadn't paid the property down enough and he owed a lot on the property, then it would be hard to put somebody in there as a long-term tenant and make enough money to cover the mortgage on the house and the debt service and the yard and things that break and all that other stuff. But he was in a really good space and place where he said, you know what? I can hang on to that. I can also buy another home here in South Africa. And so so what you're saying, Ron, is 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 exactly what my my neighbor Adam did. And so, so that's what the Ron and Don sit down is all about. Is a lot of times people get information, and it's good information. Uh, economists, when you're talking nationwide, you, you could read a great article that has nothing to do with you. 
and has nothing to do. In, in other words, let's say you have to move to South Africa and you need to sell your house. Yeah. What does it matter if the macroeconomics uh, say it's a recession or not? Nothing. Yeah. Because you need to sell then, or you just moved here uh, and you want to buy a house. What does it matter uh, it, what, what interest rates are if they were 4% or 5%? Nothing. It means that maybe you have to buy, you know, shave your budget down 10%. No big deal. We can, we can weather that with you. Yeah. Russell Wilson, everyone on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. Mitch, people start the loan process, and for a lot of folks, there's a huge amount of anxiety because they think, oh, man, my credit score is jacked. I am not going to be able to get a loan, or if I do, it's going to be a really bad rate. Can you help with that? We sure can. So the first thing we do when you take an application, if you're ready, is we pull your credit and we run it through our credit repair program. And they're going to give us a whole bunch of guidance on how you can quickly jump your score up. So I, we had a client recently who actually was able to a jump. A and Don client, I might add. <laughs> it sure was. And she was able to jump up her score 60 points and actually get into the premium pricing range. So she went from not that good to rate. is no joke. It is no joke. And we do that frequently. So make sure you call us quickly because a lot of people who don't think they can get there get there quick all right so there's no need to be ashamed you don't have to feel like you're hiding under a rock there's gonna be no judgment on this go to mitch.loans start the process and get the ball rolling he he could probably most likely get you a credit jump as well mitch.loans is the website that's mitch.loans all right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Again, if you need Ron, you need one of our buyers or sellers playbooks, just reach out to Ron, Ron at ronanddon.com. You can always reach me to Don at ronanddon.com. Social media, yeah, follow us on Facebook. He's Ron, I'm Sean, Don O'Neill. I'm Don O'Neill 34 uh, on Instagram, and Ron is just uh, Ron, I'm Shaw. So please give us a follow, and then you can see some of the cool stuff that we're doing, not just in our lives, but in our real estate space. And it's also a great way for us to message and stay in touch. And again, we appreciate you making us your friends, your broadcasters, and uh, your real estate agent. Russell Wilson, uh, by the time you hear this, this happened a couple days ago, uh, just signed a pretty lucrative deal, a seven-year deal in Denver, Colorado. It's for about $300 million. uh, And on top of that, about half of that is guaranteed. That was the kind of thing that he was looking for here in Seattle. And the thing I want everyone to understand, and this is just from our years of doing sports radio, every NFL team has a salary cap. So it doesn't matter if you're Jody Allen and you have more money than most of the other owners. You can't spend it. You can't. Because what the NFL wants is they want to cycle. They want the Rams who are on top right now, right? Because they have a lot of good young talent. And they want them to dominate for a couple of years and then cycle on down and here come the 49ers and then cycle on down in our division and then uh, here come the Seattle Seahawks. As long as the Browns never dominate. Yeah, so right now we're, we're in a down cycle. And what the Seahawks had to look at is this. Russell Wilson, as he has gotten older, has gotten slower, right? And then we saw him get that injury last year. And he knew that he was shopping his services. So you... He was playing very conservatively because he wanted to make sure those stats at the end of the year showed that, yeah, even though I was hurt last year, I still threw 25 touchdowns and only six interceptions. He turned the ball over a lot, though. He, he had a, a tendency to fumble the ball. But that's because he had that that weird 
uh, uh, finger injury. And it's also because he's scrambling around so much, he doesn't get the ball out. I mean, one of the reasons why when you watch Ben Roethlisberger, he could play in the NFL until he was 60, which he did, is because he throws he throws that football so fast. He gets it out so quick. Tom Brady is the same way. He gets the ball out. Bam. It's, just, it's, it's out. Uh, he never runs. He never scrambles. It's just... Three steps, five steps, seven steps, and then boom, he he connects with that receiver. So Russell Wilson's going to go to Denver now. We couldn't provide him any kind of offensive line. What's interesting is when Russell left, we were able to take all the draft picks that Denver gave us, a couple first rounds, second round, and then some of the draft picks we already had, and we were able to go get two tackles, right, for the offensive line. We are able to go out and buy some great young talent. And I think what you see Pete Carroll and John Schneider doing, they're saying, hey, can we do this one more time? Can we build a really young team? Uh, and you saw them go into rebuild mode when Russell left and they said, okay, we're going to let Bobby go too. Bobby had a lot of tackles, but a lot of his tackles were from behind last year because he didn't, a lot of, he didn't have a lot of help. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays for the Rams, K.J. Wright. Uh, another linebacker just retired as a Seattle Seahawk, uh, which I think is really cool. But when I look at Russell Wilson, the gift that he gave to Seattle, and I hope people see it this way, two things. Number one, he made us really aware of children at Children's Hospital, uh, and he's doing a similar thing down in Denver right now. And number two, he gave us a Super Bowl, a second Super Bowl, and then on top of that, he gave us a winning record. He went to the Pro Bowl nine out of ten years. Uh, it was you, you never knew in the fourth quarter when you went to a live game what was going to happen with Russell Wilson playing. And no matter what you think of him personally, and some people think he's shallow or he's Hollywood or whatever that is. But I have to say, I'm grateful for his ten years here. And I'm grateful for all the draft choices because if he would have stayed here and we would have signed that deal with Russell, there would have been no other money to sign anyone else. Yeah, Again, because we're on a salary cap, you couldn't sign any of this young talent. And really what the Seahawks are doing, the, this quarterback class of this year was a pretty bad quarterback class. So what they're doing, they don't want to win a lot of games this year. You don't win a lot of games. You move up in the first round of the draft. They want to go get a quarterback. There's seven really good quarterbacks coming up in the draft this year. Uh, and, and they're going to go out and see if they can find the next Russell Wilson. In the meantime, we're going to know what kind of team we have, you guys, when we get probably eight, nine games in this year. Because you see, should see some of these, gun, even though the Seahawks aren't going to win a lot, they're not. And in the quarterback position is just going to be dreadful. It is because Geno Smith is going to get hurt. Drew Locke is going to get hurt. Uh, I bet we end up having someone as our quarterback at some point this season that's not even on the roster. Seahawks can't tell you they're okay with that because then season ticket holders are going to go, what? And they're going to not show up in droves. So in, in those tickets, those local ticket sales are very, very important. So what you'll see at the end of the year is they'll start announcing the strategy that I've shared with you right now. It'll give a year for these good young players to play together. They're cheap, typically, without going into how the how the salary cap works. Just know that Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, collectively, uh, when they won the Super Bowl in 2013, collectively, the Seahawks paid those guys $1 million. A half a million dollars apiece is what they made. Uh, because of the fact that when you come in the NFL... The, the contracts that they get, because it was breaking teams, they would have young guys come in, they'd pay them all this money, they wouldn't work out, and these teams would just be broken. Uh, it all started with Ryan Leaf back in the day, from who was a Cougar. 
And he just he he broke a team in half because they paid him twelve million dollars up front. So anyway, Ron, what is your take on this? I look forward to Russell Wilson coming here and taking on the Seahawks. If anyone knows how to play Russell Wilson, it's the Seattle Seahawks. And at the same time, a lot of these young players that'll be across the ball, they the coaches have played against them before for the Hawks, but but not uh, or they they they've they've coached against him. But they they a lot of these young players have never played against him. And I look for Russell Wilson to probably have his way when the Denver Broncos come to uh, they come to Seattle. Uh, Seahawks rebuilding mode. And oh are my you, God! Are yeah. you thankful for all the all the draft choices we have that we could even rebuild? Because think if if we were think of Russell if we didn't have Russell and we had Drew Locke and we're trying to trade him away, we wouldn't have all these draft choices to rebuild the team. So I. I I, I, I'm grateful to him. I really am. Well, you know, we need to throw in there that the Denver Broncos were just sold to one of the Walmart kids uh, for billions of dollars. And so they also have very deep pocketbooks, mm-hmm. similar to the ownership here uh, in Seattle. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's I was thinking because you wear you have some Chicago gear on right now. Um, the Bears haven't won a Super Bowl since the the mid eighties. It's almost been yeah. it's almost been forty years. Yeah. And when you think of the Seahawks history, I think they were founded in seventy seven, didn't win anything until the two thousands. And so you're absolutely right. We and I said this in real time. I remember on the radio. It's like appreciate this now, yeah, because it could be another thirty years before it happens. I hope it's not. It could be never in your. It lifetime. could be never again in your lifetime. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, you know, and we think about that with the Mariners right now. The the longest uh, playoff drought of any professional sport of any kind in North America right now of all basketball, hockey, football, baseball, they have the longest drought for just making the playoffs. So there's no guarantees in this sport. Um, I, I'm to, I still, the thing that I go back to is I don't know if John Schneider got lucky or if he's good, because if you think, you know, that the, he stumbled into Russell Wilson. He if did, because he, he hired he, Charlie he, Whitehurst, and he paid him $12 million a year. And Charlie Whitehurst, man, was still good looking. And if I was a gay man, which I'm not, I think that'd be my guy, because he kind of looked like the 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 white Jesus. I thought you uh, said Brock Heward was your guy. You're right. Yeah, Brock Heward's my guy. Yeah. Hey, you guys. <laughs> and Brock is back with Salk, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped about that, uh, that they're back together. So congratulations to, uh, uh, to Mike and to Brock. I reached out to them the other day, and I said, man, you're back doing a morning show in Seattle, Sports Radio. I can't wait to hear it. So I'll, I'll be tuning in for that. Hey, you guys, uh, thanks for tuning in to the Ron and Don podcast. If you need to get in touch with us, uh, just reach out. Yeah, Ron at ronanddon.com. Uh, you can go to ronanddonsitdown.com and, and check everything out. Look at some of our real estate stuff. We would love to be your agent. And things are, are all constantly changing. It's been really fascinating to watch. Let's get a game plan for the fall. Or I just talked to a client yesterday. It's like, all right, fall into 2023. What's our game plan? Has a piece of property to sell, and we're going to sell it. Yeah, and I'm just finishing up a house that I'm building with a partner of mine in Magnolia. Uh, and I have to say that Ron and I are on the hunt right now uh, to buy up some real estate. So if you got some real estate for sale, let us know because we are on the hunt. Yeah, and uh, and you should be too. You should be too. Or maybe you shouldn't be. 
Yeah. Anyway, let's sit down. We can figure it out. Ronadonsitdown.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. It's the Ronadon Show. Oh, hey, on the Ronadon Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.